episode of Wear Many Hats listeners. It's your host, Mark Robinson here with another fantastic episode of Wear Many Hats. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by the Chief Executive Officer of Macro, Ross Abate. Hello, Ross. How are you doing? Not bad. Thank yeah. you for having me. That's all right. Having a good day? Um, not too bad. Yeah, I'm going to have to say good day, mate. You, know, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> you can say good day. <laughs> How's tricks? Um, it's good. I mean, we... Um, it's, it's exciting times for us at the moment. You know, we're in the process of coming out of the MACE group. So right. we're going through a transition process as part of the MBO. Yep. Um, and setting up our own, you know, standing on our own two, 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 two feet. Yep. And But it's um, it's exciting because we're starting to develop where we want to go going forward and how we're going to develop going forward and what the business we want to be. Yeah. So the conversations are, you know, it's all it's positive stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, because that affiliation's been there a long time, hasn't it? So well, we, we, you know, May started us, you know, 21 years ago. Yeah. As, as a fourth engine within their business, you know, yeah. to do to do the FM, but, uh, you know, they can see that, um, you know, um, their focus is in their construction business and yeah, the yeah. project management business. Of so, course. But they've been really supportive, great business. Brilliant, good stuff. Um, so tell you what, nice, easy question to begin with. Tell us a little bit about your career and your journey into FM. <laughs> journey into it, it wasn't planned, as most people will say at yeah. my age who yeah. don't go into FM. I guess I can say... I got into FM when I moved over to the UK in '96. Right. So I moved. I come out of uni, did um, electrical engineering, got working for a security company. It wasn't a security company. They the security design. Yeah. Access control systems, alarm CCTV, systems, CCTV. Alarm. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did all of that. Um, so I worked doing that. Um, doing that in in Sydney. So when I yeah. came out here, job in the Evening Standard for an organisation, they needed someone to install some security systems. Yep. So I went and applied for the job. The company was a J&D organization. They were a soft services, FM services provider, so they did cleaning. Right, okay. Just secured a major contract with um, New Zealand International for Security. Yep. Um, and they had talked about installing this security system. Yeah, yeah. Um, I came in. We probably changed the brief a little bit, took it somewhere else. We yep. installed a system. Um, took us probably about six months. I still remember... Um, it's probably Christmas Eve. I'm in Glasgow in the cold trying yeah. to install this system, and I'm going, "Why have I moved from Sydney to here <laughs> on Christmas Eve?" You know, and I think I'm that's thinking, a question most Australians yeah, ask themselves. Well, it, when you had the roller shutter up and you're trying to get this panel to work, yeah, and you're trying to do this, you think, "Oh my goodness, why have I done this for?" Yeah. Anyway, I've done it. The system was successful. It all worked. Yeah. Um, and I thought that'd be it. You know, I'll go and look for my new, new, continue working in other roles in engineering. Yeah, of course. The the owner of the business at the time um, came to me and said, "Look, got an opportunity here. Um, you've got some good skill set. I think they're transferable. Yeah, come and run this site." So I was put on to um, BP Sunbury, wow. um, which is, you know, and at the time we were delivering cleaning. There were about fifty part time cleaners, and between mail room, landscaping. Um, Fabric maintenance is probably another 20, 30 people, you know, stalls, yeah. all of that. We, we we were doing all of that. So that's quite a big jump, obviously, from being a, a, it, an engineer. Yeah, into... managing one or two people to suddenly manage this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Wow. It was it was a nightmare. And I'll be honest, I found it really tough. I found it tough for six to 12 months. Really tough. Because can, I, can I ask how old you were then, Ross? I'd be about just... 26. So still a young man, really. Yeah, 26, 27. 26, 27. Yeah. So, so it was really tough. And I, and the, I can't remember the year. Uh, no, it must be. It must have been 97. Yeah. So I would have been, sorry, I tell a lie, I would have been 28 because it had happened on my birthday. Still young, though. Yeah. Still no, very no. young to be taking on that amount yeah. of responsibility. Just trying to think, 96. No, it would have been 27 because 27. it happened in 90. Yeah. So wow. anyway, 
anyway, I did that. Um, and it was tough. And to be fair, Graham, you know, who's the owner, supported me. There are a couple of other people that supported me. And, boy, I need to be talked off the ledge a few times. Really? Because what you don't realise is, and I learned really quickly, is that actually managing, a, from my perspective, managing a cleaning isn't about – it's about the people. Yes. And, and everyone had their own personal issues. Right. You know, couldn't afford a fare to get to work. Yeah. Couldn't afford money to pay for electricity. Yeah. Couldn't um, – had domestic problems or mm. whatever. It became – I've got to say I felt like an angry aunt most of the time. Right. And you started to deal with that. But yeah. it all revolved around – if you look at Maslow's principle, you know, principles, yeah, yeah. it's all about, you know, you need security and all that. Yeah. And it's about getting that. So the first thing we worked about is how can we – how can you make sure you get paid and you get paid a decent – whack and on time to do an, yeah, and on yeah, time yeah. and all that yeah. so we paid on time and all that yeah the the thing that that actually really surprised me so so i'm being an engineer you're very methodical but you also follow processes and procedures and yeah and you know i looked at the contract there's a way for things to be done there's a th- way for yeah. things to be done and 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 for me is how can i get money for them yeah that rep- because i've never been one for taking money out of clients you know yeah. it is about you deliver a good job you get paid appropriately. Yeah. But this contract was quite innovative for the time in that it actually had a performance measurement contract in there. Right. So, so for overperforming. Right, okay. And when I walked in, your KPI, the KPIs were about 65, 70. Don't quote me on the numbers, but yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, a performance measurement that if you can get to 10% better by the yeah. end of the year, there's an incentive being paid. Right. But the incentive wasn't to the organisation; it was to the individuals. Oh, really? Which was equivalent to probably a month's salary for everyone. Really? So it was quite a, a really good, it's quite chunky incentive. Yeah. It was quite chunky. The, yeah. the, the company actually got a little bit of money. Yeah. The individuals got a lot of money. Right. And they had spent all their time walking around, not doing work, saying, "I'll do it in overtime. I'll do it on overtime." Yeah. Now the problem was, client, client wasn't paying for overtime. No. We were paying for overtime. Yeah. And I basically stopped overtime. So, of course, that became a big moan. Because you, you, you had to manage the P&L. We were paying the overtime yeah. and all these people were doing overtime on a Saturday because they push everything to a Saturday saying it couldn't be done. I said, no, there's yeah. no more overtime until, unless client told me yeah. it's got to be done by overtime because there's a safety issue and stuff like that. Yeah. But the flip side, guys, you see this number here, 65. If you get it to 75, you'll get a month's salary at the end of the year, Yeah. broadly speaking. Yeah. You should see the change around in that in that business just by telling them that. Really? All of them suddenly, there, you know, and you can see the KPIs going up really? gradually. So, 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 yeah. So that, that for me is the only the thing I remember most about that is there's always one or two things that change a contract, and that yeah. for me changed the contract for them. Do you know what I mean? What's What's quite interesting there, I think, as well, is that you've gone in, um, and probably because of your engineering background and being very process orientated, one of the first things you did was read the contract. I didn't read the. I just to be fair, I didn't read it. The client told me. Oh right, okay. <laughs> the client said, and they didn't say it that way. They kind of say, you know, because because everyone. It was one of those contracts which was um, it wasn't going that well. Yeah. It, and 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 so everyone's telling you everything. And I've got to say, there's a lady called Anne Lennox Martin who's my contract manager for JCI. Right. And she was brilliant, and I'm yeah. still friends with her now. Right. Right. And she was almost to say, look, do you know that there's this here, and do you know there's that there? I didn't yeah. have time. My head was so, you know, all over. The place with spinning so with things, spinning with everything's problems. Yeah. problems. Yeah. I didn't have time to do that, but you, you do make time. But there were a couple yeah. of things, a couple of nuggets that you know she helped out, and then that kind of helped. That's fantastic, though. You know that that, that, that you were able to turn it around by motivating them. Yeah, and, and 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 but that's I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's every you know you look at 
I mean, we were talking about football earlier, not here, yeah. but, but we were talking about football earlier. It, yeah. It's all about, you know, what's a good manager is about man management or yes. person management, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's actually to person manage. And I'm not good at it. Mm. Um, I'm not the best at it, but I do know that it's about you've got to understand your people and what the, what they need. And em- what, empathy, what it isn't it? Yeah, it's the empathy yeah, in that. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Really understanding what drives these people and what, yeah. what makes things important. And, and, and for me, it was interesting because, you know, in this contract, like I said, it was a bit of a bit of an agony out, agony out sometimes, you know, I need five five pounds to, to get my meter working and all that. And someone yeah. said to me, don't ever lend the money. But <laughs> actually, I did. Yeah. And I wasn't on – I was on – I reckon I was on nineteen thousand pounds. Right. So, and you know, I'm new to this country. Yeah. My girlfriend, who's my wife now, she is probably on thirteen thousand pounds. Yeah. We were looking to buy a place. You know, it's not as if we had money to burn or anything. We we were struggling. Yeah. Am I right in saying that's just about? I think the minimum wage came in the year after, didn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yeah. It, I think. So I was above minimum wage, but I wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I wasn't. Mm. You know. But, you know, I'd give five quid here, 20 quid there. But there was a trust in there. And I think that also helped build trust with them because yeah, yeah. actually it means I trusted them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so that's 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 that. And then and then off the back of that, the way, as you would know, a lot of cleaning con- cleaning contracts or contracts work, you've got an anchor client like that. Yeah. And then you've got a little satellite client. So yes. kinda, you kind of service off the back of that. Of course. Well, yeah. unfortunately, my one's... I had some nice ones like the Lensbury Club, which was quite nice. Right. But the one that really was a nightmare was Unigate Dairies. Really? And Unigate Dairies is we used to wash the milk bottles Ooh. at night. Right. At eight o'clock shift to six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The bottles would come back. You'd have to put them through the machine, wash them. Now, if I can, sh- if I can explain that this is not outdoors, but the doors are open. In the no. middle of winter, water flying oh, everywhere. No. Can you, and you had to get six people there every night to do this. It needed wow. a minimum four people, but six people. Yeah. And, and oh my goodness, to get people to turn up, people come and do one shift and that was it. They'd go. Yeah. And, and it was six nights a week. The only night they didn't work was Saturday night. Right. So every night at 6.30 or 7 o'clock, probably about 8 o'clock actually until the Lopez started at 8 o'clock. Yeah. Your people haven't turned up. Find me some people. So, so every night was that nightmare of trying to find people, find and find people. They could go there, yeah. And and you know, I was fortunate that I could call, I could get some people shipped over from our, another contract for Eastland. Totally different, but it wasn't easy, and they didn't want to yeah. do it. But you get so every night, and the the way I solved that problem was, which I thought was quite innovative at the time. No, so, so I had another contract which was um, it's called Action Computers, and we were doing warehouse picking and packing. Right. Yeah. Okay, but you needed a, you need you needed you know. You need to have be able to, you know, basically walking around all day, trolley, order yeah. comes in, a picking a hard disk, whatever it was, and do that. Yeah. I've done that in a Tesco distribution center. Have you? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a manual process, but we did yeah. that, right? So here is, so, so the, what I ended up doing, the two couple of things I did was I changed the roster system. Right. So what happened was at Unigate Dairy, you, the, if you followed the roster system, every two weeks or three weeks, you'd get four or five days in a row off. Oh, really? So you can kind of recharge your batteries and yeah. stuff like that. I can't remember what the system was, but it was like that. Yeah. So you, I made it. So I had six people rotating, or eight. Just the rotating. frostbite off your fingers. Yeah, exactly right. Right. <laughs> so that that helped a little bit to retain some people. Yeah. But then I said, I tell you what, if you do this job for me for three months, I'll move you to this day job over here. Yeah. Which is picking and packing. And that became a motivation in itself too. Do you know what I mean? So you kind yeah. of started to go in there, prove yourself. Yeah, and we'll give if, you a if, decent if you're job. reliable doing that every night, I know I can trust you, and I yeah. can put you in this place where you've got computer parts, and I know I can trust you. Right. And it was interesting that um, 
there was um I still remember this lady, I can't remember her name. And you know, this this role involved um picking up, you know, crates of um, bottles, yeah. putting them in machines, washing them, all of that. You know, yeah. it is it, is a heavy, intense, labor intensive yeah. job. Yeah, and you know, when you're desperate, you, I I hired anyone. You yeah, know, I'd, I'd hired anyone. I had yeah. this. I hired this. Just lady. get the bodies in. Sometimes, yeah, it was. It, it was just. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was a body because it was a body shop because you needed people at certain parts of the yeah. plant to make sure things got through. But it, you needed sometimes to pick up stuff. Yeah, and I ha- I'll never forget her. I, I can't remember her name. I wish I did. I hired this lady. She was really small, slim, yeah. glasses. If you looked at, you know, when you watch Rocky, um, yeah. his wife. Oh, like yeah. Adrian. Yeah, 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 yeah like Adrian. Yeah, you know, yeah. really, she was like that. Really petite. Very demure. petite, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, I'm, I want a job. So I gave her a job. Yeah. And the client rings out. She goes, she can't do the job. My goodness, she did the job. Really? She turned up every day. She she did everything. And she yeah. ended up becoming a picker and packer picker. and yeah. went off that way. Do you know what I mean? But right. it's amazing the people you meet. I, I think so. That's why I like my job. Just, you know, the people I meet. The diversity stories. of people you meet. Yeah, yeah. Stories. I absolutely love it, you know, because everybody's got their own story. They've all come from a different direction. I just like listening to it. And, then, and the I truth is you only learn that much. Well, you can't sit on a podcast, yeah. but you only learn, like, if you've got a big circle, if you've got, you know, yeah. you only learn a little bit of it. Yeah, a little bit of everybody, yeah. yeah. What they're prepared to share. Yeah, exactly. Ten, yeah. To be fair. Okay, so really interesting that you've done that sort of direct. So, that, so that's how I got into it. So yeah. I did that. Um and then it's interesting because I decided to move back to Australia. Yeah. Well, we decided because I want to go back to the Olympics and it's warmer out there. Yeah. So I went back to Australia and I thought, I'm going back into engineering. I'm getting out of FM. Yeah. I don't want to do this. And um, fortunately or fortunately, um, a guy called Chris Hunt, who had just gone out there for Johnson Controls, yeah. was out there to start up the business. And his CV, my CV landed out from Hayes. Yeah. I sent it to Hayes for an engineering job. Yeah, yeah. A lady... Um, who was an English lady who had just gone out taking CVs, gave it to Chris Hunt, who was English also. Yeah. And he looked at it and he got me in for an interview. Mm. And he did his own, because he could check, because we were a supplier to Johnson Controls. Yeah. He could check. And he checked me up and he gave me a job and I started working with him. So I was back in FM for Johnson Controls out there. Yeah. And then the career just went from there. Fantastic. And mm-hmm. obviously you've been at Macro for a significant period of time 16 now. 16 years. So, so, so I did Johnson Controls in Australia yeah. for two, three years. Chris Hunt then went to a company called Resolve FM, yeah. which is um, got bought by Tyco. I so know Resolve, yeah, yeah, yeah. Resolve FM. Yeah. Um, so I went and worked for him as yeah. sales. Then um, my missus wanted to come back here, so yeah. we moved out here. So I got a job back to JCI for a year. Right. And then off the back of that, I mean, you're just a number in JCI and I wanted something more. Yeah. So I ended up, especially when I'd been at Resolve where I was, I ended up being general manager by the time I finished assistant. Right, manager, okay. Uh, temporary gen, interim general manager. Um, yeah. I wanted to do, so I went into JCI doing solutions and then um, I started talking to Mace, uh, which is Macro, Mace Macro, yeah. a guy called Bill Heath. He got me on board there and then I've just worked my way through there. Yeah, because it's quite interesting. You've, you've done various roles, haven't you? Because obviously you've done the operational management piece and you've also done the sales piece yeah. um, from an FM perspective. How would you view those two jobs in terms of their differences, Ross? Because I, I you think, don't get many people that have done both. I think they're both the same. Well, all right, okay. And I think it all comes down to listening to what your client wants. I so, agree so, so, so they're the same from the front end. Mm. So both roles involve listening to a client and giving them what they want, not yep. what you want to give them. Yep. The back end's are different. So one is about managing people to deliver yep. what the client's wanting and motivating that. And the other, the other bit is about 
put it in a document yes. and put in a solution yep. that articulates what a client wants. So yep. the two backends are different, but the front end is the same. It always comes down to what does a client want and give them what they want. Yeah. I love and if I, you can't do it, tell them you can't yeah, do it. Yeah, tell them you can't do it. I love how you describe that, actually. I think that that's a great way to look at it, to be fair. Okay, so obviously, um, you know, CEO now of, um, of, of Macro, the business is changing quite significantly. I always like to ask this question, you know. So if you were, if you were to walk into that, that first cleaning job, um, that you had all those years ago with the 20 years, 20, 30 years of knowledge that you have now, how would you approach that job now? I'd walk back out. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't accept it. Um, what um, does the first week look like, I suppose, if, with, with the knowledge you have now? I think, like I said, when I walked into that role, I had no idea I'd never manage people. So if you've got that experience, you know the first thing you probably do is sit down and get to know your people yeah. more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was... You make up your own view, whereas I walked in there with them telling me that person this, that person that, that person that. Whereas now I think you start to realise actually you've got to make up your own judgement. You, yeah. you need to get underneath it to understand it yourself. Yeah. And you, you can't expect to in a week or two or three to to be on top of it. Yeah, Actually of give yourself time to learn it, understand it and all that. Yeah. Um, but the same principles is, I, I think for me, is listen. Yeah. You know, we're all given two ears and one mouth. Yeah. So you use the two ears and speak one mouth. I'm not very good at that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was um, in year twelve, um, in fact, younger than that, when I was year nine, for instance, I had a teacher who came to me and said, "Ross, you know what your problem is? It goes through into your ear, bypasses your brown and go, brain, and goes straight to your mouth." Yeah. He's right. It's always been like that. Just I, think a te- I think a teacher said a very similar thing to me. <laughs> I had another teacher. I tell you the other one. The the one I'll never forget is in year twelve. So we in Australia you've got a thing called the HSC, high school certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is similar to your A levels. Yeah. So two weeks, literally two weeks before we're doing the HSC, the teacher stood me up in front of the whole room and he said, Ross, you're not gonna amount to anything. No. You're a disruptor, you're a clown, you joke around, you're never gonna do anything, you never achieve anything. And I'll yeah. never forget that. I wish I could see him now. Yeah. He was right. <laughs> I still haven't achieved anything. I think you've done all right, Ross, to yeah. be fair. To be fair, mm. okay, but that's really interesting. So, um, so I'd bring back is 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 a bit about the listening. It yeah. is it's a people. Our industry is about people, agreed, and understanding people. Yeah. So, because obviously your role now is an international role, really, rather mm. than just a national role. Um, that must give you some really cool insights in terms of things that you may see in other countries that you. The could... same principle applies. Yeah, I, I'm telling you. So I um. Uh, <laughs> When I came back here in 19, when did I come back again? 2006. Yeah. So I did a job with JCI. Mm-hmm. I was a solutions development manager. That's what yep. I was. And JCI were rebidding a job for um, Novartis right. in Basel. So they said, Ross, don't know what it is, but we just can't work with the local team. You know, every time someone goes down there, they don't listen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. They go, can you go down and spend time there? So I probably spent six months going backwards and forwards. Right. And the first for the first month or for the first month, all I did was listen. Now they did a lot of German speaking and stuff like that, and right. I didn't speak German, and okay. they spoke English and, and all that. But what I did was I did practice and listen, listen where I could. Yeah, you, you pick up body language, you pick up all of yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. And I think about, about a month in, I started to say, well, "What about if you did this?" And and they listened. Because actually, I didn't come in. Traditionally, what happens is, and I've seen it all over the world, even when I was in Australia, you know, 
the Americans will come in, no disrespect to Americans, but, you know, big corporates will come in. You yeah. know, head office comes in and goes, you need to do this, this, this and that. Yeah. But they don't actually understand what's happening on the ground and why you can't do some of that. Yeah. It might be better if you come in and go, I'll listen to what your, your issues are. What You know, get your, what do they say, walk in your shoes, yeah. understand it, and then probably go, have you thought of this or have you thought of that, instead of telling people what to do. Yeah. And I think that happens all over the world. Really? I think you, I think you work, you'll gain a lot more respect by going in listening instead of telling. Right. Okay. Well, it's not, it's not, it's not rocket science, is it really? No, it's, well, I agree. You know, I if agree. I came into you and told you, you're, you're doing, this is how you should do your podcast, you'd yeah. probably go, what do you know? I've been doing hundreds of them. But I still don't know what I'm doing, Ross. I just talk. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but the point I'm trying to make is yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, you go, take that I've got, I know what I'm doing. And you might say, but if you did it slightly differently, it might improve. And you go, oh, I might take that on board because it's, yeah. not, it's not confrontational. I'm yeah, not yeah. telling you what to do. Yeah. I'm just going, this is an idea. Here's an idea, yeah. Well, ideas are good, aren't they? Um, yeah. And I think any kind of feedback is good, really. It just depends how you deliver. It's got to be message. constructive. Yes. Yeah, I think so. The sandwich technique. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the old sandwich technique from the 90s, um, to be fair, whenever I manage people. Yeah. I'm not sure if it would work now, actually. I, I think, think it does. Awkward. You start with a positive, yeah. then, the, then the meat in the sandwich, which yeah. is where you're getting the telling off, and then and you then finish with a positive at the end. Positive again, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong, but I, it's how... It, it's interesting because look, I get picked up on my behaviour, but yeah. I'm, I am, you know, I am, um, I am very limited in my intention span and get things done, move, move, move. I, I, I get things done. Yeah, right. That's my, my thing. And so sometimes I'm, I could be three conversations ahead. Yes, you know, thinking what's happening, and someone's telling me, and I'll go, okay, that's fine. Or you know, and I get picked up for my behaviour, for tone and stuff like that. And you've yeah. got to take that on the chin because yeah. everyone thinks differently and works differently. Well, we all so interpret you, information yeah, differently exactly. as well, don't we? Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, what one person would view as confrontational, the other person might view it as, oh, I'm not that bothered. Yeah. So, yeah. so for me, I might have a confrontation with someone, but two minutes later, I've moved on, I don't. Whereas yeah. they might take it and go, oh, my God, my, my CEO's just told me off. And yeah, thinking, they've, they've taken it. Did I really? Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Told you, I just told you what I thought. I didn't tell you off. I just, yeah. yeah but yeah, it, yeah. But it, it does come across and you've got to be mindful of that. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So that introspective look at yourself in terms. Yeah, of I'm not. How, look, I'm far from perfect, and I'm probably yeah. my. You know, I shouldn't say, it, but I'm. You know, I'm probably my biggest critic in some of that to to look at internalize your own behaviour and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's brilliant. Okay, so if we um, kind of focus on something slightly different now, so um, and, and to be fair, you're probably a great person to ask this question to. Um, in terms of you know a, a young person that was looking to start out their career in facilities management, you know, because that's what we're trying to achieve here, give them some guidance and give them a, a route into the market. What type of qualities would you be looking for in a young person if you wanted to, I don't know, bring them into macro as a graduate, apprentice, so, so, so start them on that pathway? So for me, it's about someone's got a can-do attitude. So the attitude is important. It's, it's the yeah. attitude. is about, it's a mentality. So if I came to you with a problem mm. and your first answer is no or I can't do it, that's not the right attitude. No. For me, the attitude is, okay, leave it with me. Let's see I can find the solution. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll figure it out. And, and and I don't expect you to figure it out. So the the other thing is the ability to use your network, yep. or create a network. So, so I'm not, am I the smartest person? No. But I probably know someone who could solve that problem for you. Yeah, that's and, my view as well. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's about the network, isn't it? It's about yeah, it who is. do you know? Yeah. I know a person who can. I know a guy. That, I know someone that's good at that. Yeah, yeah I know someone who could do that. And, yeah. and you just network with them on. Right. You move out, you let them solve the problem, do whatever you want. Yeah. But they'll both remember that you connected them and then you build your own network on and you start to build like that. Yeah. But but for me, the first important thing is about this 
they've got to they've got to have a bit of drive to get things done to do yeah. stuff. I and that's what I look into in, into people. Right. Okay. Okay. That's fantastic. So, do you do you take on graduates and things like that? You do. You do. Okay. Yeah. And how do you find that in terms of that? How how that integrates into your business? Is it been a success? So it's interesting. So we, I think, we were very successful quite a mm. few years ago, and then COVID's kind of made it harder. Right. And we had a meeting today about how do we change that around to get back to where we were. Right. So so so, so the way we used to recruit. Um, they'd come in and they'll do a, a program where they'd go around through all the different functions. Yeah. And if we were lucky, we were doing a mobilization, they'd work on a mobilization. So they got the, all the facets. Yeah, it. yeah, of course. Yeah. And then and then once they've gone through all the central functions like finance, HR, um, supply chain, all of those functions, then you go and, and they've done mobilization, so they've got a good idea, you'd put them in an operational role. And they yeah. go, okay, you uh, you can go and now run a, a role under supervision and do that and then slowly go through that. Yeah. In addition to that, they went through a, a graduate program, which is run by Mace. Now we don't have that anymore, so we've got to redevelop that. Redo, redo your own, yeah. Re, redo yeah. that. But we had our own internal one. Mm. Okay, so 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 we did that. What happened during COVID and all that is you didn't get that one-to-one attention because people were remote. Yeah, people, you know, it was really difficult to do. And and whilst we've kind of done it, it's not to the same order. Yeah, so we're reinvigorating it again as of today. We were talking about what we're doing, so we're about to go and advertise. We're a bit late, but the MBO and all that kind of slowed us down last mm. year. So now it's not too late because there's still, you know, still people looking for roles. So we're going to advertise and go for that. I think it doesn't start to September, so yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's ever too late to create opportunities no, 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 for, no. for young people, is it? So, so we'll, we'll be looking. And, and what we are going to do is we're going to open it up. It's not just in the UK. We will open it up around the world. Right, okay, brilliant. So, yeah. so if there's anybody out there that's looking to make a move yeah. into FM, um, feel free to reach out to um, Macro who are putting a real avenue in place for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. And we also do apprentices. Yes, in the UK. And, and apprenticeships too. Good yeah. stuff. Okay, brilliant. So let, let's talk on to ESG. We love this question, ESG. Um, so obviously, I mean, I actually think as an industry, um, we're pretty good at this compared to other industries. I think you can always get better, but I think we're pretty good. Um, what are we good at? Um, I think we're I think we're very good at the env- environmental piece. I yeah. think we're getting better at the social element, but there's still a lot of work to do there. Um, and I kind of I think we've always really been very good at the governance element. Mm-hmm. Um, so the environmental bit of work to do, social quite a bit, governance there or thereabouts. Yeah, governance how I would governance is off is purely because we're managing contracts. So yeah, you need to have some governance. Yeah, you tend to be very good at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the other two bit of work. I think environmental's getting better. I think environmental we're better because you know our clients are asking for mm. you know, carbon reduction and looking for you know reduction in waste, all that side of it. Yeah. I don't think I personally don't think we're good enough in social value. No, I don't think we drive that enough because if we really were, we wouldn't have cleaners on minimum wage. I agree with that. Do you, I, do, I, do, do you get what I mean? Oh, completely. So, agree. so yeah. our industry is the one where the social value we need to pick up and do stuff for. Yeah. Do, do you think that that's about doing things slightly differently as an industry? I.e., I mean, we all try to do things, don't we? I think most organisations in our space. I think it's a really complex thing to do because everybody has different needs. You know, from a social perspective, you know what might be important to. X may not necessarily no, agreed, be important agreed. to Y. So what's the best way to create that sort of inclusive environment which deals I, I, with I think hard, it's isn't about it? asking your teams what they want That's and true. what they need. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and actually you can't cater for everyone, but you might be able to do the majority. Yeah. And and to be fair, we're embarking on that journey. So so for for us, we're in the process 
of developing our purpose right. and our priorities. Yeah. And our priorities, one of them is social value. Yep. What that is, yeah. I yep. can't tell you because we're working with our teams to try and develop what is the social value that we want. I think we're all create. doing that, Ross. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough one. It is, yeah, it, it is a tough one. But but for me, is I think there is a big thing that we can we should be able to give back into society. Yeah. If I go back to that contract I talked about where um, the incentive most of the cleaning staff got instead of you know performance contract by yeah. KPIs. I like that. That the performance um, that the team got it. Why can't we be more contracts like that? Yeah. Because then that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now, if you were to say to your cleaners, you improve KPIs by ten percent, and you get a month's worth of salary at the end of the year. Yeah, it it, it works. You know, so there's that type of stuff with that we probably need. We probably need to be smarter in the way we do our contracts to help. Yeah, our teams, and also how we communicate that to our clients, I suppose, because invariably they end up paying for it, don't they? So they do. You know, how do but, we? But I, I I bet you'll find client the clients will pay the right amount if they're getting the right the value out of it. That's true. Do, do, do you know what I mean? If they yeah. can see that actually it's not going to bottom line, it's going to, you know, people yeah. and it's helping their well-being and then they're coming into work and they're delivering this, you know. Yeah. Clients are there. I mean, I don't know. Did you watch that thing on the post office recently? I, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I've obviously been following the, 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 most, the most thing, the thing that really got me right, uh, uh, these people's lives were ruined. Okay? Yeah, it was all These people's lives were ruined. Mm. And and look, I don't know the detail, but you know they talked about brand for the post office. Yeah. But the thing that really got me was they. One of the ladies asked, "What's happened to this money? Yeah. Where has the money gone? Can, where has it gone? You know, if we don't have it, yeah. And the post office say they don't have it. Where has it all gone? Yeah. And and the bloke goes, I can't I can't be specific. These on the show, so I don't know if it's real, but I can't yeah, be specific. Yeah, yeah. But he goes, I'd imagine that over the years that money's just gone straight to the bottom line. To say, you, I've gone and paid my fine of 30000 Yeah. Gone to jail. That was never a problem. Yeah. Just go straight to the bottom line. So these people lost their livelihood and, you yeah. know what I mean? And you're thinking, that's where it's wrong. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So, so, but what I was trying to get to is if a client sees you, it's going into your teams instead of straight to your bottom line, they're more likely to do it. Yeah. Do, do you know what I found quite interesting about that? And it's been a little bit sort of political, which I try not to be on it. But what I find quite quite interesting about the whole post office scandal is the will associated with being able to fix something quickly if they really, really have to. It's amazing how suddenly there's yeah. a show and suddenly the government can say, oh, yeah, I can fix this now. Yeah, yeah. And it's taken them 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Because it's political. There's an election yeah, coming up. Exactly. Let's not get involved. But, no, but uh, do you know what I mean? It's but like, but there have been, a, I guess, there's a number of governments that have been empowered to be able to fix that problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really having a dig at the great because you could you could also say the same thing for things like homelessness, for example, yeah. and other things, you know, or, or, you know, people that are starving. You know, it's, to, to me, it's like it's all about will. You know, if the will's there to do it, you as a species, it. we tend to get it done. Yeah. But why do we? Have, why does it have to be yeah. that kind of scenario? No, you know, I agree. Without being overly political. Um, oh, that's fantastic. But it's great to hear that, you know, um, that you guys are looking at ways to do initiatives differently and, you know, create inclusivity across your business. Absolutely. Okay, so technology. Well, mm-hmm. I'm guessing this is going to be quite an interesting one for you, Ross, um, mm-hmm. given your background. Um, obviously, AI is something that's been quite pertinent um, in the last 12 months, really. Um, we've got ChatGPT now, which I know a lot of people use. I use it. You know, Other people use it in other organizations. Um, how do you see AI linking into facilities management um, over the next, let's say, five years? I, I, I think it's on? here. Yeah? 
I think it's here. I don't think anyone's doing it though. But I right, and I don't want to give out what we're doing. But, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there is a whole. We tell us about that in the pub. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but no, no. But there is AI. I, I think. I think the way we do facilities management. Yeah. Will will change radically. Right. Okay. And and if you look at, and look, it ain't rocket science. You can go and Google and you see. So we take a, a really basic example: cleaning a washroom. Yeah. At the moment, what happens is the cleaner goes every hour, cleans yep. the washroom. Now, talk have got equipment to say you can you, know, you can come and replace them. Yeah, the talk. Here, it's you, good. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can sensors, do this. So you've got sensors. Mm-hmm. So you just take a sensor, you count the number of people using that washroom. Yeah. You count the people in, count people out. You go, after 20 cleans, I'll send a cleaner in to clean it. Yeah. So your cubicles, we all cleaned at different frequencies. Yes. So what you're doing is you're only cleaning when you, it's like pay as you use. Yeah, pay as you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a gig economy yeah. kind of model. But what, yeah. what you start to discover, and we did this with our own head office. Mm-hmm. So we've got sensors in our washrooms. And what we discovered was, and you look at the data, you take women's washroom. Yeah. 50% of women, they walk into the cube, into the washroom, use a cube. Yeah. What are the other 50% doing? Talking. Doing their hair, makeup, their hair. Right, okay. all of that, talking, whatever, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not actually using the they're facilities. They're not washing facilities. Oh, so, so if you know that data then, you start to design the building differently. Yeah. And you start to go, why do they have to go into a washroom, which smells and all of that, to do their makeup or have a chat? Because they might go and have a chat with someone yeah. or whatever. Why not create an alternate space, a, an alternative space ah. for them to do that? So it starts to drive the yeah. spaces you start to develop and stuff like that. And then right. that will start to bring workplace experience. So yeah. that's, the, that's just a simple example of how you can start to use the information to do that. I mean, you, you, you can do it now. You can, yeah. you can do stuff like you can stuff, you know, you measure temperature, you measure sound, you measure um, vibration on, a, on an asset, you know, put it on a, onto some equipment. Yeah. A, and you'll go, okay, wake up. What's normal? Assuming the asset's working properly. Yeah. So it's got a sound level, you know, it's got a vibration frequency, it's got a temperature on it, right? Right. As soon as any of those go out of tolerance, the sensor can go, I'm out of tolerance, and send a, a message to your BMS to say, go and send, uh, to your CAFM system, go and send an engineer to go and have a look at it. Yeah. Where AI comes into it is, you put that into AI, AI will go, I've seen this before, and I- this means this is wrong. I'll send the engineer and tell him this is a problem you should be looking for. And you need to fix it. And you need to fix it. So you're saving on downtime. You're downtime. Saving on everything. The engineer's going with the right tools, the right yeah. parts and all that. And, yeah. and that's where machine learning or AI, whatever you want to call it, yeah. does it. So like a self-diagnosis effectively in yeah. terms of what's wrong. And it ain't like rocket science. It's already there. Yeah. The problem is organizations are too big to actually drive that through, whereas yeah. we're at a position where we can. Right. Okay. Oh, really exciting. Look forward and, to but then you need you need... You need to get okay. The sensors are great, but mm. what technology are you using? How are you yeah. going to do that? So we're. I'm very fortunate that I did engineering. Yeah, and one of my best friends, he runs a business that creates infrastructure for IoT devices. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's okay. Just come to the UK to yeah. launch it because he's looking at doing um, house meters. You know, all of that type of stuff. So right. using the same technology platform, but using it in FM. So like smart meters. Yeah. So using using that technology in it's, FM. In mission, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, that'd be quite interesting. It'd be good to see that at some point. Yeah, no, no. We're working on that now, so yeah. You are? Mm -hmm. Okay, good stuff. So what about in five years' time? Do do you see it providing anything out of the ordinary that we haven't seen yet? I I, I think it'll inform how we build our spaces. Right. I think it'll help 
with this whole workflow of Monday, Friday, Monday and Fridays. That'll, you know, so it'll be a new way of working, if that makes sense. Ah, oh, yeah, so the Tuesdays went to the twats. Yeah, the yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I think they'll help with that. Yeah. And and I think, see, I think this is where it could help with social value is you might have, so for me is you might have less cleaners because it's hard to find cleaners and all that. Yeah. But they might be working smarter not yep. doing the more horrible jobs or doing the more horrible jobs less. Yeah. And you might be able to go, I can pay you more yes. because technology is doing it. Now, that's where you want – that's utopia, isn't it? Where, yeah, yeah. Where, it's, where the savings you generate doesn't go straight to the bottom line. You go, do you yeah. know what, I'm going to invest it back in my people. Yeah. Because actually if you can invest something to your people and the cleaners or the security guards or the maintenance people feel better about yeah. it, then actually it's a, it, it creates more you know, well-being for everyone. Yeah, that symbiotic relationship yeah, between exactly. technology and people. So don't bring services. technology if you just want to do it to save money because yeah. actually it's the wrong reason to do it. You're bringing technologies to make the job easier. Yeah. You're bringing te- you know, there's got to be a so what. You know, don't just put technology for the sake of it. No, I agreed. I, I, mean, I mean, the whole workplace has changed anyway, hasn't it? You know, it was already changing prior to COVID, but it's been accelerated, just accelerated. Yep. significantly because of COVID. Um, and whenever we're speaking to people, you know, how space is used and how that space is developed to entice people in, because obviously I think it's Generation X, is it, is it X? Um, the, the, you know, they want a different kind of environment to come into. Oh, we on Y, I can't remember. Gen Z? I don't yeah, know, right. I get Z. confused. Is it Z? Z yeah. Right, okay. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it is as well. But they, they want a different environment to come into. Yeah, they all, I mean, but you've got to think, you've got five generations, no, yeah. three, three or four, five decades of people yeah. in this workforce, don't you? Yeah. At the moment, all in different when you put it like that, that sounds crazy as well, doesn't yeah. it? You know, because you've got to cater for those. Vibes. You've got someone like me who traditionally works at a desk. I've never had an office in my life. Oh, really? Always been in an open desk. Always. Yeah, yeah. Never had an office. I've always wanted an office, but I've never yeah. had one. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I could have an office anymore. It's not. I like to be in the mix. In fact, the one thing that I've introduced in our new area that we're working on is the radios on. And everyone's going, why are you putting the radio on? I go, because actually you need something. You know, yeah, I like a bit of music on when yeah, I'm writing. Exactly. You know, I, I have to have a bit. And everyone, we can have a little competition of whose music we're going to play today. You know, yeah. everyone can have whatever. Some people come out with weird music, but you know, <laughs> well, weird to me. Yeah. But um, well, you can't, you can't, don't match the person to the music. Yeah, do you get? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's not yeah, weird. Yeah. It's just. I didn't think you'd like that type of music. I, I get that all the time because we always end up talk, talking to people about music, especially on the podcast. It's usually one of those, you know, it, it just kind of sets the time. What type of music do you like? That kind of thing. So, and some of the things people come out with, you just don't expect. Yeah. You know, you really like people who, it's amazing how many Slipknot fans there are out there, isn't it? You know? Who? <laughs> Slipknot. <laughs> I think I've heard of them. Yeah, Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a good band. I, I don't mind Slipknot, actually. They're pretty good, um, to be fair. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, so... As 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 FM evolves, um, do you think how bad do you think that the, the skills gap in the space is? Do you think do you think it's a significant issue, um, or do you think companies need to do more? So you're talking it? about FM or the services? FM. I, I, let's say both because they kind of feed into each other. I think the FM skills gap. I think I think this is where your generations change because the old. Generation FM is FM. You do know what I mean? It's like, you know, you've got your hard services or, you know, going down that road. Yeah. I think modern FM is more than that. Modern FM is not FM, it's workplace. Yeah. What do you need to do in the workplace? So you need someone who's probably more rounded, more customer facing, yeah. more um, agile, you know, able to solve problems, you know, that type of stuff. Quite you know? dynamic, dynamic, able to deal with different yeah. individuals. Well, able to spin a number of plates at the same time. Yeah. 
Um, so there is a skill set in that that you need to learn that it doesn't actually overburden you or overburden the individual or anything like that. Yeah. Um, then um, from a skill set down, see, it's harder for me to comment because we're a management organisation. We don't self-deliver. Yeah. But I, I do think there is there is still an art on, I still remember there is an art on how to clean. Yeah. You know, you can't just Agreed. come and clean. There is an art to it. Yeah. There is, you know. I remember working with a lady when I, you know, she used to run the Lensbury Club for me, mm. and um, she used to said, "You can smell it's clean when you walk in. That's true. You can tell it, you can feel it's clean." Yeah, and it's true. When you yeah. walk into a building that's clean, you can feel it. You don't have to see it; you can just feel. Yeah. it feels clean. You know, yeah. there's something about it that feels clean. Yeah, and there's an art to do that, and there's an art to deliver that. Yeah, and I, and and, in, and to do that, your team needs to have pride yep. in what they're doing, and she. She she was lucky, but she had her daughters walking for her. So you know they. Oh, did, there you go. Yeah, 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 so yeah, she, yeah. You know Maggie Jones and her and her daughters, and you know they they did a great job. Yeah. But to get that, I think there's a skill set and there's this training and there's you know you need to and and I think that becomes harder because I think pe- what happens nowadays is people get a cleaning job and they go go and clean. Yeah. And not trained how to clean or not. Yeah. You know, I that's that's my. What I see at the moment, is, I think there's a lot of roles. People go, go and be a security guard, go and do this, and they yeah. just get thrown into this job with yeah. no training or little training. Yeah. How, how do you think we remedy that then? What, what do you think the answer is? I think um, I think there needs to be – you almost need a – you know, BICs have got some standards, don't they, and all mm. that. I think there, there needs to be some standards you need to create to say this is a bare minimum. Yeah. And maybe having those bare minimums – Contractually, maybe because it forces people to, yeah, to do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, and to be fair, because we don't self-deliver, it's not something that I've really pondered about. I'd not, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm more concerned about how do I get my FM managers, of course, competent and yeah. in the right levels and stuff like that. Yeah. So where do you think, uh, like, going back to sort of young people coming into the industry, where where do you think um, the the because it's clearly not you know it's clearly not school or academia where they would learn those skills to be well-rounded and, you know, that kind of modern FM. If if if, if a young person was looking to, to get some skills or to garner some skills which would help them in this pathway, where do you think they could get them? I, I, I think it's I think it's just experience. Yeah. It's, it's, you've got to have an open mind and you've got to accept that you're not going to get it right. So and do you gotta, what you did. Spend that year with your head spinning. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, it, and maybe not to that, but you do need to get experience. So I've got yeah. a – okay, it's interesting you say that. So I've got a 22-year-old son. Right. So he did a. He's doing civil engineering, <clears throat> and um, he did a, an industrial year last year on a construction site right. up, up in Birmingham. Yeah, and um, and I thought, oh my goodness, you know, he's 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 only he lives in a bubble. Yeah, you know, he's lived in a bubble. I'd say he lives in a bubble compared yeah. to the because you know how how his life has been. Yeah, and now he's moving out. Is so he at uni? He did it six months in uni, then COVID came, so he came and lived from home and went back a little bit. Yeah. But now he's going to go and live by himself, all by himself, at 22, and he's going to a construction site. Fair play to him. Yeah, no, no. To him, yeah. Okay, so you've got to have – first of all, you've got to say, I can do it. And, yeah. you know, he did – you probably won't admit it, but he, he, he's, a, he's a people person. He needs people yeah, around yeah. him. So you struggle with that, yeah. doing that. Right? Especially in COVID. So yeah. him and his mum were close. He'd ring mum every, his mum every day, all of that type of stuff. Never rang me because I'm not like that. But, <laughs> but his mum – you know, but but he worked out what did. Yeah. But actually he went – for me, what I think I saw from him is he wanted to learn. Yeah. And he, he wanted to know why or how and, and do that. So the funny – the story he told me was – so he's he's – He's been put in charge in this concrete pour. Right. 
So the trucks are coming in. You can imagine truck drivers with their concrete. Yeah, yeah. And he's been told this is what the consistency needs to look like. This is what the concrete needs to be. This is for roads, bridges. So yeah. it's got to be solid. So you come in, typical snotty engineer, you're not coming in. Yeah. They go, why? He goes, it's too too wet. So traditionally they go away and they wait and yeah. comes back again. You're not coming in. Why? Too dry or whatever the word is. I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, John, look, okay, you're going to get yourself – Someone's going to take you out back and give you a kick in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't tell. And he goes, there's a whole queue of them and I wouldn't let them in. Oh, but yeah. he was strong to his own conviction. He knew yeah. what he had to do. So I think that's the thing is you've got to be true to yourself. You've got to be yeah. true to yourself, open mind and do that. He did that, fine. And actually over time he built, he built himself a bit of a relationship with people, respect. Yeah. And that's what you build because you're standing, don't be a follower, do, you know, listen, learn. Yeah. And do do what it was. It kind of develops that reputation. Yeah, of, you develop yourself as an individual, don't you, that you can yeah. actually think for yourself, that you don't, you know, you don't cave in. And, you know, some of these things are tough. And you can imagine these, you know, some of these people are saying, I'm going to pour it anyway. No, no, you're not. And it's yeah. hard. But then use your organisation to support you. But he had good support from his line manager and all that. Yeah. So, no, no, he's right. You, you're doing that. Yeah. The next story he had was, so then he said, okay, now you're going to organise how much concrete you need. I. Yeah, so he's gone and done all the calculations. Um, and he rang me, he goes, Dad, I've worked it all out. We know we need a truck, two trucks or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, they come and pull, rings me the next day and he goes, Dad, no one ever told me that they take samples. So when, when they take concrete, they take samples to see what the, how the concrete is and stuff like that. Yeah. So he goes, I'll oh, short on my pull. So, oh, no. so they had to try and get another truck to come in to pick, to finish, because the pull's all got to be at one go and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he copped it on the chin. He said, I'll never forget that again now because you learn. You do. You don't yeah. get it right, but he learned. And um, and he said the next day the project director goes, who did that as a joke? Do you know what I mean? Because they knew it's the first time you learn and all that. So yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to be – You. Got, I think if you're coming in, learn, be confident in yourself, but also be able to admit if you made a mistake. And, and actually you do need the right people around you to, yeah. to support you in that. But that's quite good as well because I think there's two points there. You, you know, you've got the element whereby you're more than happy to learn from your mistakes, but then you've also got the company that's supporting, supporting you, you yeah, and, got and allowing you to make those. Because sometimes that's not always the case. No is one's it? But perfect, it's are they? No one's no. perfect. Tell me, no. show me someone who's never made a mistake in their career. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I'm not. You know, it's you know, it's true. So yeah. everyone makes mistakes. I think um, my first job at this organisation um, when I he said. Everyone can make plenty of mistakes. Just yeah. don't make the same mistake twice. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And maybe you do sometimes make the same mistake twice because you didn't see it coming from a different angle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But and that's where experience comes. So be agreed. Be, you do. You do make mistakes. You do. You know. But you got to learn from them and pick yourself back up and yeah. You know, and be confident in your own ability. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Sounds like he's a um, an apple from the old tree, but it sounds. Oh, I don't know else. about that. Hey? He's he's better than me. He'll be, be telling what you to do. You he, you want to do? He tell no, no, you. No, he's way better than me. Absolutely, <laughs> he's, he's a lot more polished and all that than I am. Oh, fantastic! But it's interesting because I've got a daughter, and mm. she's she's the opposite. She she's the one. She's the annoying one that goes, "Why, why, yeah, why?" She's very she's not as confident. Yeah, but she want to know why. Wants to really understand understand it, it all. Right. And she's brain. She's you know because yeah. of that. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah. But and what that for me is people are different. So yeah. be strong. Realize the type of person you are, mm. and be yourself. That's the other thing. You're not going to be 
don't try and be someone else. So, exactly. you know, you know, if your boss has got certain characteristics, don't try and replicate them. No. If you're not like that, be no. true to yourself. And so, that, so my, I've got two kids, totally different, and they'll both be, you know, I think they'll be successful in their own ways because yeah. they've, they are different in their own ways and stuff yeah. like that. And they, yeah. Yeah, I've got three, all different. In, yeah, and yeah, hard work, but all different. No, they are, they are hard work. Yeah. <laughs> doubt, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. I just want to, I've got one more question for you, actually. You kind of touched on it earlier in terms of network. Okay. So, how important do you think your, a network um, as you go through your career in FM is? And how would you go about developing that network if you were starting out? So, <laughs> it's interesting. So, the other night, I was fortunate to go to an event in New York, mm. a Cornet event, which was a networking event. Right. And um, I met this guy, 24, just out, and um, and I'm terrible at networking. Yeah, I don't like I don't like going to events like that. I don't like small chat. It's not me. To be fair, the first time we ever met Ross was at a networking event at your building. Yeah, um, about two weeks before the first lockdown. All <laughs> oh, right, I know which one you're talking about. Which yeah. event it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm not very great at networking and chatting and stuff like that. I'm okay to have a discussion with someone. So if I was, so this guy was there, we started chatting. Yeah. So for me. I don't need to, what I hate, what I call is fake networking. Yeah. Where you go up to someone and you're looking at their badge, which people would do last week to me. Yeah, yeah. And they'll look at my badge. I'll just yeah. take my badge out because it's in my thing. Yeah. And then they'll move on, you know, because they didn't know who the business was or whatever. And they don't know who you are. They, yeah, and yeah. they don't know who I am. Yeah. And, and it's purposely like that. Yeah. And yet this, this kid sat next to me, you know, we were talking and we spoke for a while. And for me, I said to him, my advice would be is just, Listen and and make the you don't you don't know who the right people are you don't know who the wrong people no, are you never know who you're you meeting. don't know you don't yeah. know who you're meeting and you don't know when you'll need them yes so for me is you're better off going to an event or something like that meeting two people yeah. and actually keeping in touch with those two people yeah than meeting fifty and never seeing any of them again quality but, over quantity yeah exactly yeah. and 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 it could be. It could, you know, and people like this, they look at it and they go, are you a supplier? You know, a lot of these events, you know, you've got suppliers going, are you an end user or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're an end user or a supplier yeah. because a supplier can help you as much as a, you know, this 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 guy I met, he was a selling, what's he selling? Shows how good I listened. <laughs> He's selling furniture. What am I saying? He was oh, selling furniture. furniture. Right, okay. So he was selling furniture. And he, he, he came from a well-being background. So his degree was in well-being and he thought I'd get into furniture sales to do well-being, you know, making sure, you know, and you, yeah, it's great. And, and you're thinking, you know, what I didn't tell him is I might be looking for an office in New York and I might need some furniture. Yeah. But because he spent the time, I've got, he connected to me on LinkedIn. I might go and talk to him about it and go, here you go, here's an opportunity for you. Yeah, why not? You never know, do you? No, no, you don't know. I mean, I, I think networking is very important. I think, um, you know, getting to know people, um, is 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 I think more important, and I've I've kind of noticed this as you know whenever you start your career, you make all your mistakes in the first ten years, don't you? Um, and you get things wrong. But as my career has gone on, those people that I've met over the years, I've spoken to for one reason or another. Whether it's because I've met someone that has an opportunity that I can then pass on to them, yeah. Um, or alternatively, they've got an opportunity that they could pass on to me, um, and then that network just keeps building. You know, so I just kind of think, be nice to everybody. You know? uh, the thing is, and I learned really early on, and that's probably because I went between the UK and Australia. Yeah, is it's a small world. Very, yeah, and, and um, so never burn bridges. No, never. You know, and, and I've probably fallen out with people in the past, but I always, always will go back and say, 
actually it's not worth it. You know, do you know yeah. what I mean? You know, you, you you do sometimes you do burn. You know, you, I don't think I've burned bridges. I still talk to people. Yeah, you, you still like you. I got a problem. I know someone who can help. Yeah, like I said pre- previously, and I think that's what the network's all about. Yeah. Whereas I think there are people out there who think I've got to go to an event. I've got to meet fifty people. Because I, I joke with them. I go, who, who do you want to meet tonight? Where's your list? Yeah. Because what are you talking about? I go, I bet you you had a sales meeting before you all came here. Yeah. And you break down the list yeah. into names and you were targeted to meet these people here. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. I go, you'll, go, you'll get nowhere because it's too no. obvious. Yeah. People won't, don't want to, yeah, people don't want to deal with that. The thing is people, I, I don't think people want to get hassled from, you know, a sales perspective. I mean, to be fair, when I network, I, I never really mention, so I'm just interested in people. You know, oh, what do you do? Who do you do it with? You know. Got any kids? Yeah, what football yeah, team do you support? Yeah. You know, just because I'm actually interested in getting to know that person as a person. Yeah, no, I agree. Because then, you know, naturally, I think if you do that, um, if there's an opportunity for business further down the road, it kind of comes anyway, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then you're getting to know someone, you, you know, getting a telephone number again, you know. Text no, no, them. exactly, yeah. yeah. And like I, like you say, you never know when you one of these people pops up. The amount of people that, that pop up in, like today I heard a name that I haven't spoken to someone for about, Seven, eight years. Yeah. And you go, oh, I know that person. Yeah. You know, and I could drop him a note and hopefully they'll go, yeah, okay, you decent person, I'll come in and chat with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you, you just don't. You don't know. Yeah, you don't exactly. Know. Okay. Well, listen, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast, Ross. Hope it's all right. It's really good. How did you find it? Did you enjoy it? I did. I mean, it's a conversation, but I, I yeah. don't know if anyone would want to listen to it. No, I think they will. It's a really interesting <laughs> chat. Um, I think you made some some absolutely fantastic points, um, and I think that you know, young people coming into the industry will find it incredibly interesting, um, and hopefully help them on their pathway. And look, because I've got kids, I know how hard it is to get into industry. Yep. No, no matter what industry, so always happy to help. Always happy to. Take people's views. Well, there you go, guys. If you want to reach out to uh, Ross Abate on LinkedIn, Absolutely. feel free. You know? You'd be surprised how many people do reach yeah. out. And I do make a point to answer. Yeah, yeah. Actually, to be fair, you do. I will give you that. I think I messaged you once on LinkedIn and you did come back. I do. I do. Yeah. The ones that I find, I tell you what I find the most, most frustrating. So I'll answer everyone on LinkedIn. Yeah. But I, I won't, maybe not cold calls where people, you know, so, so I'll get someone to send me something on or you do construction. Okay, no, I don't do construction. So yeah. look at who you, you know, be, be That irritates me, some recruiters, yeah. like recruiters or something. Yeah. Like when they send you, I've got this great security guy, and yeah. I'm like, I'm in cleaning. Yeah, no, no, exactly. <laughs> but the other one is, so we advertise on LinkedIn for our roles that are in our yeah. business. Yeah. And it says, please apply here. Yeah. And someone will apply to me. Yeah. And you're going, well, it's really clear. You follow instruction. To the role, follow the instruction. Yeah. So I will go, please go back to, yeah, game. I can't do anything because I can't. I don't recruit. It's you know there are t- people yeah. behind. I do recruit, but what I'm saying is, I've got to follow a process and stuff. Yeah, like of course. Yeah, yeah. So I find that they're the ones that are probably less likely to reply. But if someone says, you know, I need this or whatever, absolutely will. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, listen. If anybody's looking for a graduate scheme in FM um, around September of next year. Well, we're looking now, so reach looking out now. now. Yeah, reach out now, get some applications in. But listen, Ross, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, and to all of our listeners out there, um, another fantastic episode with some really great um, points from, from Ross in terms of how you can develop your career in FM and how you can also get into it. So thank you very much for listening and take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>